This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Monday, December 16th, 2013. I'm Caleb Brown. A federal judge is claiming there is an epidemic of so-called Brady violations, where prosecutors fail to turn over evidence that favors defendants. Tim Lynch, director of the Cato Institute's Project on Criminal Justice, comments. Judge Alex Kaczynski on the U.S. Court of Appeals of the Ninth Circuit claims uh, in a dissent in a case that we won't really get into that there is an epidemic of Brady violations. Uh, and this is deals with the relationship of the prosecutor to the court. What is a Brady violation? Why does that matter? The Brady violation refers to a landmark Supreme Court case that was handed down in 1963 where the Supreme Court said that prosecutors have a constitutional obligation to divulge to the defense and to the court evidence that they have in their possession that tends to help the accused, uh, that tends to show either that the accused is innocent or that raises important questions and doubts about the evidence that the government is going to present. So it includes evidence that may impeach the witnesses that the government is going to call for its trial. So when those ethical and disclosure obligations are violated, lawyers and judges refer to those violations as Brady violations. Now, the Supreme Court has dealt with this issue not that long ago, right? Yes. These cases tend to come up uh, on a regular basis where the trial is over, the person has been convicted, and then he's trying to appeal his case, trying to get a new trial because of a Brady violation. And the argument is, is that if we had known about this type of evidence, if we had been able to present it to the jury, it's very likely the outcome of the case probably would have been different. So they're asking the appellate courts to reverse their conviction and order a new trial because of a Brady violation. And how has the Supreme Court dealt with these cases uh, in general? Yeah, that's the other thing that Judge Kaczynski went on uh, about in his dissenting opinion. He made two important points. His first point was that Brady violations are of epidemic proportions in the United States. Now, that's very important because that's another way of saying that prosecutorial misconduct is out of control in the United States. And then the second point he made is that how do we get control of this? And he says that only the courts can really rein in the prosecutors. And what he elaborates on in his opinion is how the courts deal with Brady violations when they're brought to their attention. Because it's not an automatic retrial when the courts discover a Brady violation. They engage in uh, the second part of their analysis after they agree with the defense that this constitutes a Brady violation is that, okay, now what are we going to do about it? And the prosecutors and the government will argue that, well, there still shouldn't be a new trial because there was other evidence of the person's guilt and the outcome probably would have been the same. And so the onus is put on the defense to argue that first, there was a Brady violation. Second, there should be a new trial because this would have made probably would have made a different outcome in their trial. And what Kaczynski was saying is that this message uh, that they're sending to the prosecutors that, uh, you know, looking at the other evidence in the case and basically saying, well, there maybe the outcome probably would have been the same. It just invites the prosecutors to, to uh, shirk their 
their Brady obligations because if they get away with it and there's a conviction, chances are we'll never even learn about the, the Brady violation. And then if we do learn about it, uh, the courts are probably not going to order a new trial because there was other evidence of guilt in the case. So they're going to conclude, although the prosecutor violated his obligation, uh, they're not going to order a new trial and things are basically going to stay the same. And Kaczynski is saying, you know, prosecutors are evaluated by, uh, you know, their conviction rates and they have all these incentives to win in court. And uh, and he's saying that they too often take shortcuts with respect to these Brady violations and the courts are just sending them the wrong message by too often um, forgiving their Brady violations and, and then just confirming convictions in court. Uh, our former colleague David Richters referred to uh, what he called the Michael Nifong exception uh, to prosecutorial misconduct, which is uh, Michael Nifong, of course, was the prosecutor in the Duke uh, rape case or the Duke lacrosse team case where they were accused uh, of raping a woman. Um, that's the idea that something uh, a serious penalty for a prosecutor who engages in this uh, pattern of behavior is so rare that it could be referred to as a Michael Nifong exception uh, speaks to your point. Absolutely. I mean, we all learned the Michael Nifong case got a lot of publicity and uh, it was appropriately handled. We found a prosecutor who was out of control and he was punished. But as you just said, this is very much the exception to have a prosecutor uh, disciplined. You know, he lost his, uh, his his law license. He actually spent uh, some time in jail and got a criminal conviction. That is almost unheard of in the United States, and that's why they call it the Nifong exception. And what Kaczynski was saying, this is so important, and it's not just Kaczynski. I should say, four other federal appellate judges agreed and joined on to Kaczynski's opinion. So we now have five federal judges saying that prosecutorial misconduct is of epidemic proportions in the United States. And uh, they point out that prosecutors are rarely disciplined by bar associations, by uh, the Department of Justice or other, uh, uh, you know, internally by other prosecutors. So they're not punished for these Brady violations. And that's what led them to the conclusion that only courts uh, can really check them. And when the courts are constantly uh, forgiving uh, Brady violations, it only invites uh, repetitious uh, 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 conduct by, the, by these prosecutors. And that's why the problem festers and why it persists. Do you think part of the problem here is that uh, people who end up being judges are more likely to be former prosecutors? That may be part of the problem. I've seen some legal bloggers uh, commenting on the Kaczynski opinion and, and making the observation that Kaczynski is not a former prosecutor. He did serve in the Department of Justice, but he wasn't a line prosecutor. And they were making that point is that so many of the judges are former prosecutors. And so they come out of that culture of uh, uh, too often in many offices around the country of a win at all costs uh, type of mentality instead of following their legal and constitutional obligations to see that justice is done. Tim Lynch is director of the Cato Institute's Project on Criminal Justice. You can read more of his work at Cato.org.